Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Today's podcast guest is Matt Schultz. Matt is a partner at Selective Structures, a steel fabricator which makes billboards, scoreboards, and custom marquee signs. Welcome to the show, Matt. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm great. Matt, you have an entertaining story about entering the out-of-home business. Tell us. <laughs> well, it is kind of kind of a little crazy, but when I got into business in 1991, I was working for a radio station. And on my off days, I, well, I was a full-time fireman. On my off days, I was working for a, a radio station yes. selling airtime. Yes. And I got to tell you, selling airtime was brutal. Hmm. So we, had, we were selling live remotes. And I sold a live remote to a, a mobile home dealership. Yes. And this was this would have been probably 1990, 1991 that this happened. Uh-huh. So I sold the live remote. And back then, every town had their own DJ. The DJ would come out, and you would have giveaway pizza and food. And nobody was coming to this live remote. And I was starting to get a little worried because I was making $50 commission off of it. So I went and got a bear suit. I put a bear suit on, got on top of the billboard. I got on top of the billboard on the pro- on the property. Yes, and started waving people in. <laughs> they sold eight mobile homes in one day oh during my. that live remote. Oh my! And I thought, I thought, wow, this is fantastic. I should do this every weekend. So I went back that next Monday. Yeah. Collected my the five hundred dollars for the live remote. Yeah. Did that. Was yeah. for me, and I said, "Hey, let's do this next weekend." He goes, "Matt, he goes, I'm not going to do it." And my heart sank because I was like, "You had the highest sales in the history of this company. Why would you not do it?" And he said, "Matt, nobody came in from the live remote. They came in because you were up on the billboard." Oh my! And it like it was a light bulb moment. So I left there and went straight to the billboard company, and he hired me. And I worked well after six months of doing the billboard full time. Then I left the fire department, became became full time. After seven years, I Five or six years I was running it, he moved to the Keys, and then the rest is history. How did you make the change from a billboard company then to a company which makes billboard structures? The company that hired, that I was buying, I was running this, this, this company in Georgia, and the company that was building our signs, they were looking to hire a salesman. And I was, I was really good in the markets that I was in, but I wanted to get to see the other side of the business because – Ad sales was so much fun. It's so much fun helping people. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was a, the next step up in my career was getting into the fabrication business. Now, tell us about Selective Structures. Sure. We started in 2002. Got five great partners. Got great salesmen, great support staff, great shop. Uh, we're located in Athens, Tennessee. And we have been through, if you've been in business, especially in the billboard business, since 2009, 2010, you've learned a lot along the way. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. We opened doors in 2002, 2003. We started doing scoreboards as well, hmm. which hmm. really, which really transitioned us into the digital age because we were already building digital score mm-hmm. scoreboards. Mm-hmm. It was a very easy transition for us to get into that. About how many structures does it make in a year? Oh wow! Well, we have, like I said, we've been in business since '02, and I think we're going to do our seven, our seventy-fifth hundred structure this year. There, there, this sometime this summer. We're, we're projected to do over 7,500, hopefully around 8,000 by the end of the year. It depends on the month, but yeah. sometimes they're better than others. We're probably doing probably five to seven structures a week on average wow. that we ship. 
Wow. And talk about what trends, if any, are you seeing in steel? You know, there was a big concern and maybe a bump after tariffs were introduced, but what have been recent trends you've seen in steel? You know, it's been pretty calm lately. Since hmm. the tariff business went away, uh, we didn't use any Chinese steel, so it didn't affect us. But yes. some of the local steel companies were raising their price to the tariff, which did raise the price, but we haven't seen any increases in a while. So we hope hope that will, that will continue because we understand that every sign has its own ROI and every sign has to make money. Every sign is its own business. Mm-hmm. We look at the next sale with the, with the client. We yes. need to help them make money on this one so they can build another, find another location. What about coronavirus? Well, we stay about six to eight weeks booked out. So as of today, we haven't been affected. Mm-hmm. We, I think we've had, we've had a couple get delayed. We went back and looked. Last week, we delivered five structures, and this week, we're set to deliver seven or eight structures. Mm. That's, that's billboards and scoreboards, most of the billboards. Here's the encouraging thing. Almost all of – and I, last week, I started calling clients, and mm-hmm. I called a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a trend going on right now with the clients here that – they're offering free space to struggling businesses. Yes. And I believe this will pay huge dividends because people will always remember who helped them in a hard time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on, on a positive note, I've got more print requests in the last two weeks than probably the first part of this year. Right now, there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just like an O9. Like an O9 companies spend the majority of their time doing lease reductions. Yes. This is an opportunity to grow your business. Mm-hmm. Landowners see the value getting billboard mailbox money now than ever before. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I see this trend continuing. Uh, and I think in the short term, I, I clearly, I, I've told my manager, look, if people aren't answering your prospecting phone calls, look for lo- new locations right now. If we see yeah, a new yeah, location, exactly. let's build it. Well, pe- people are scared because the billboard, I mean, there's nothing better than billboard money coming in so, yes. from a landowner yes. perspective. Dave, I, I think, and I've been in this business a long time. I've been on the sales side. I've been on the development side. I've been on the manufacturing side. And I think this summer we're going to have a monster summer. People are going to want to get out. They're going to go to bars. They're going to go to restaurants. Right. And these, these, and these small businesses and large businesses, they have to replace. They're going to try to replace this income they lost. Yes. And there, there's, there's, no better, there's no better industry than, that, than ours to help them because they're going out and they're going to see this. Yes. And I'm not sure when this podcast will hit. But I want to challenge all, all the companies to use your digital platform to send positive messages on mm-hmm. your available space, mm-hmm. even after the quarantine is over, because we've been bombarded with weeks and weeks of sensationalized news. And oh. I got to tell you, man, it, it's depressing. Dave. It is. It is. And the news it really bugs me. I'm in ground zero of the outbreak. And that I can right. just tell you, I look at the data every day. I don't look at the headlines. The data shows yes. the outbreaks being managed. Deaths in, there was one death in the state of Washington yesterday, one. And that doesn't yeah. make the headline. What makes the headline is some hospital in Yakima where there's only four cases in the total county saying they're going to run out of respirators. I mean, give me a break. It's, it's yeah. a concern, and we need to trust me. I'm doing this podcast at home. We're socially distancing. But look at the facts, and we will get through this. China showed it took a month and a half to get through the, the curve, and so we will get through this. That's that's kind of my take. As the leaders in this industry, yeah, when they people go down the road and they see a, a 672 squared or 367 yes. or 280 square foot sign, if there's if you have an available space, man, let's let's put some good stuff up there. I want to challenge right. Right. all three of the big companies to come up with creative right now. Yep, and get it out there to your users. And let's even though the the, the people aren't as driving as much as they have in a couple of weeks, they will be. 
Yeah. And let's let's spread let's spread some cheer out there. Let's be the let's yep. be the one the one type of medium that is not naysayers to people that want to help small businesses and just put a smile on people's faces. Yeah. Let's take a break here for a word from our sponsor. If you develop out-of-home advertising sites, you need Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. Yesco Outdoors' Pat O'Donnell calls it a must-read for anybody doing development. Neil Bell of New South Outdoors says it's a great book for those getting into business, but also for industry veterans. Jim Madalone of Mad Dog Outdoor calls it a great reference source for every outdoor real estate executive or owner. You can buy your copy of Billboard Insider's Guide at BillboardInsider.com. Well, Matt, walk us through the billboard design and installation process from beginning to end. Well, Dave, once, once the sign is ordered, we create a shop drawing for fabrication. Now, the shop drawing that we create can be our design, mm-hmm. designed in our AutoCAD department using one of our third-party engineering firms, or it can be provided with a client. We have no problem using a design using their, their mm-hmm. drawing from a stamped engineering firm. Mm-hmm. So once the sign is ordered, we set the delivery date. And then the, then the work begins on, on the salespeople's end. We coordinate, we find the installer. If we handle the installation, we coordinate the installation. Mm-hmm. And then we coordinate with the digital. I mean, I would probably say not 85 to 90% of the signs are being built mm-hmm. have digitals going on them. Mm-hmm. So then we have to coordinate with the digital company. So we want all, we want the structure to come in first. And mm-hmm. then a couple of days later, we're going to have the digital come in. It depends on the configuration of the structure. Do you send your employee out on site to do the installation? Do you use a subcontractor? Who makes sure that the sign goes up the way it's supposed to? Right. We have a select group of subcontractors we use that we Mm -hmm. feel are the best in the business. Mm -hmm. And half the people have their own Mm -hmm. contractors they use. Some of them want to to use ours. And then Mm -hmm. some of of our subcontractors become their subcontractors. Mm-hmm. which is okay with that because we are fabricators. Right. We just want to make sure that it's a smooth process. You know, now nowadays, a good location could take up a year, year and a half to get, mm-hmm. and it's worth millions of dollars. So we, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that everything is done in an orderly fashion. Mm-hmm. One of the things, in my view, that you do that's terrific is you can, as part of this process, you, you've seen so many structures, you probably have an instinctive <laughs> yeah. sense of what works and what doesn't. Yes. Well, it's better than that, Dave. I see what people do right, and I see what people do wrong. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not that I know it all because mm-hmm. I don't, but I, but I get the, I get the information to see what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty standard business. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. want to lay it, you want to lay it out right. I know we'll talk about this later in the podcast, but there are certain steps to take mm-hmm. when, when we get to that process. Okay, Matt. What mistakes do out-of-home companies make when they put up a structure? Well, the biggest mistake is they don't get a survey, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We, we have had signs that we put on, we built according to, and because they thought it was on the property, it wasn't that we had to move it. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> and that is not, a, that's not, a, that's not an easy fix. And for the uninitiated, a, a survey is basically, it's a legal description of where the property is and where the structure is going to be in relation to the property. So what we'd like to do is we'd like them to get the survey and then we can take our drawing, send it to them. They can have their surveyor put it in a plat and have it. And usually when you go to submit to, the, to your county or city, mm-hmm. you want to show them the property that it's on. Now, not, not all of them require it. The bigger cities do more than not. We, it's just easier. And it depends on where you're at in the country, somewhere between $500 and $1,500 for mm-hmm. a survey. To me, it's, it's, it's one of the best things you can do when building a sign. 
So a lack of surveys, one mistake. What are some other mistakes people yeah. make? Not tall enough or too tall. Hmm. Hmm. And that's great because you, you can't determine what's going to happen down the road. Hmm. So what we like to always have the client try to pull a local sign ordinance for on-premise sign mm-hmm. to see if there's a piece of property beside that and it's not being used. Okay. If a business comes in there, how tall could they build their sign? Mm-hmm. And we like to, we typically like to go just a little bit, so I like to go five feet above any on-premise sign hmm. that's out there. Hmm. I suppose it's also a challenge down in the South where trees grow fast. Yes. You can have a billboard way up in the air. You could also have a tree problem. Yes, you could. And hopefully most of the time you get that cut. Now it's not as much trees as, as it is sound walls coming in. Yes. Sound walls are a huge problem. Hmm. Hmm. And it's just something that it makes no sense where they're building them half the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really, it's really bad. So the last three or four signs that I've designed in a, in a city, in a city that they're having this problem, I try to get the client to build them for a future 20 to 30 foot raise, build a base column. Hmm. So in case they do anticipate a sign will be built in the next five years, if it mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. then that the, they can easily put another, we build the structure for, let's say it's 90 feet or 70 feet. We build it for 120, 130, future 120, 130 feet. So all we have to do is put put a another column in it to raise it up and it will meet current code. Smart. How does a digital billboard structure differ from a static billboard? In other words, if I'm putting up a static board, but I think it right. may want to be a digital billboard in the future, how do I take that into account in my design of a sign? Well, usually it's just the engineer will take the, the weight of the digital. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a lot of, lot of different digitals. Mm-hmm. We kind of we like to engineer for heavier than the than mm-hmm. the heaviest digital because there's new digitals coming in the market. But it ba- basically, it's just heavier. Okay, are, it, are we it, talking twenty percent or fifty percent? How much heavier is a digital head? It it all depends. Everyone's different. Hmm. We we like to just we we engineer it for the static weight, the dead weight of it, and then the attachment points to hold it up. Mm-hmm. But I've been mm-hmm. teaching this for years, Dave. Hmm. Ever, I wish everybody built their structure digital ready. Because you never know what's going to change down the road. Mm-hmm. I see companies spending five times as much money to fix it, to mm-hmm. do a retrofit, to make it put a digital on than it was if they would have built it. The only time it, it becomes really, really expensive if you're doing a fly cantilever. Mm-hmm. Making it digital ready is, is pretty expensive doing that. Mm. But I, I still think it's worth it. And I think... If you ever sell it, I think people would pay the difference because they know. I mean, you just, I've seen, if you're in this business long enough, roads change. Mm-hmm. New development comes in, and the sign you thought never would hold it digital. Guess what? There's a Chipotle or a Starbucks sitting right beside it. And mm-hmm. because you, because the city won't let you change it, because you can't do any 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 design changes to it, mm-hmm. you're stuck with a static board. For the, the minimal cost it costed to make one digital ready, it's, it's worth it 10 times over in the future. Every billboard's different, but can you talk, give just a range, even high or low, of give me a range of what a, a, a monopole static build might cost and what a monopole two-sided digital build might cost. And what I mean is just how much is the structure itself? Yeah. So, it's, well, you know, Dave, there's no two structures. There's, I mean, we built over 7,000 7, structures. and. Mm-hmm. Probably one percent of them are the same. <laughs> so every every everything's different because every location is different. Yes. But let's just say on a fourteen forty eight. Yes. Standard center mount, mm-hmm. fifty to sixty top to go from a static to a digital might be fifteen hundred bucks. Okay. So you really, it's not that much 
more no, to engineer no. for digital. You really should engineer it's for digital. It's not. Now, yeah. on, on a five-year cantilever, it will be more. If oh. you're in a higher wind load, it will be a little bit more. Yes. But I'm just – the little bit of money it costs now is worth it. And you'll spend five times that amount retrofitment mm-hmm. if, if you're allowed to do it. Matt, you have designed a lot of billboards in areas with high winds. I think of a lot of your billboards are in the southeast You've designed billboards out in the Caribbean where there's yeah. high winds and hurricanes. How do you account yeah. for wind load when designing a billboard in an area subject <laughs> to hurricanes or high winds? Well, it's a long answer, David. Simplify it. Just simplify it. It's heavier, thicker, bigger, hmm. and deeper foundations. Now, we, we always want people to send us a soil test because usually in a high wind area, you're going to have you're going to have really bad soil conditions because you're close to a coast. Mm-hmm. We like to do a fiber hammer foundation when we can. That mm-hmm. eliminates the concrete and use hmm. usually 30 to 40% more pole length. Well, And explain, what is a fiber hammer foundation? A vi- instead of a drilled pier foundation where you just have an auger, yes. say, say your foundation is 6 foot, 5 foot, mm-hmm. 35 feet, mm-hmm. a fiber hammer would be... You t- there is no concrete that goes around the pole. You just have a vibratory hammer that sits on top of the, the pole, mm-hmm. and it vibrates the column, and, and it'll go fifty to sixty feet. Like wow. in New Orleans, we do a lot. I do it a lot in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and you're you're hitting water at two inches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, and we've built we've built boards and ponds before. Mm-hmm. Now to do this, you really need a soil test. Now mm-hmm. we we rec- I, I try to get everybody to provide a soil test. It's mm-hmm. possible. Right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody does, so we take worst case soil conditions for that area, and we use that. Mm-hmm. You deal with it with the foundation, and then talk about thicker, stronger as to the structure yeah. itself. If it was in a say a ninety or hundred mile hour wind, you're going to have a forty eight inch column that's mm-hmm. maybe a a five wall, half inch wall thickness. You go to the coast, and you're going to have that same column that's going to be a seven five or one inch wall. Oh wow! Wow. Wow. So it's just it's just a, the 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 pipe is a lot thicker mm-hmm. and it's a lot it's, usually it's a lot bigger and foundations are deeper. Mm-hmm. But people in those wind loads they they expect that they they know yes. it, costs, it costs money to live at the beach whether it's a house or if it's a board. Are you recommending to clients that they put up these hurricane heads, the blow away hurricane heads, so the vinyl vinyl blows away and the structure stays up? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a I think it's a must. Mm-hmm. What's the most challenging billboard you've ever built, and why? Whew, that's a lot of that's a lot of billboards over those years. <laughs> I guess I have two. two yes, two jobs. The first one, it wouldn't be as challenging now as it was, but it was. But the first three months, I was in the fabrication business. Oh wow! I got it. I, there was a new NASCAR track being built, and I went up there and I sold them twenty-two signs. We put we put eleven fourteen by forty-eight that turned one and two. And 11, 14, 48 to turn three and four. You're kidding. (laughs) So it gets worse. So we had a rock at every foundation. Oh, my. Oh, my. And and the signs were six inches apart. Oh, between Between each track. And we had to do it in 30 days. So what did you do? (laughs) We did it. (laughs) Wow. 28, 28 days. Had one crew. That just understand how to, how to build signs, and it was a. Uh, how do you said, put a sign in in rock? You have to. You rock drill it. You oh, have to rock drill okay. it. You, you couldn't spread the foundation. Yep. Uh, or or don it. You couldn't don it, Mike, because we're next to a, a already built NASCAR track. Oh my! So we just had we had to rock drill, and wow. luckily we they had they had a rock driller on site, mm-hmm. and it was it was shale, so it punched through pretty easy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't granite, so it was it was fairly easy, but it was still 
I didn't sleep a lot that the 30 days that we were up there building it. Because I was new in the business, and it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a big order for me. What about your other difficult build? The other one was one we did a couple of years ago in Atlanta for the mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves. We mm-hmm. built, we built two marquees. Now I know it's not a billboard, but but they are selling the ads like billboards. It's mm-hmm. typically like a billboard. It was a design build. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it a, a design soil test? Wasn't it a big sign too? A big digital. It was 24 by 48 digital. Wow. wow. And, but there were there were 42. The whole structure was 42 by 48. We did two of them, one at 60 foot and one at 115 foot. Mm-hmm. And the foundations varied between 10 by 35 and 8 by 40 on the foundation. They were single dreared peel up here at 10 foot by 35 foot deep. And am I right? You had very little room for error because there was a very close setback to a neighboring building or something? Worse than that, they were building, because of their building a new stadium, yes. they were building rock, walkover bridges <laughs> across the interstate that haven't been built yet. Yeah. So we had to, we had to get DOT paperwork. We had to do, we had some flyover yeah. designs that they could, the bridge company came up with. We had, because we built these signs a year before the bridges were built. Mm-hmm. So this was a massive project, and if we were wrong, it would, it would have higher consequences. So we, we got it right. We took our time. Mm-hmm. We got it right, and we, we had one sign was at 50 foot, and the other sign was at 115 foot. Yes, yes. Wow. Now, the, the 115 was a great bill. That was a uh, – the head section weighed about 120,000 pounds, mm-hmm. and we had, we, had a, we had two cranes doing a tandem lift on the head section. We built the head on the ground. And and, the head on which side. leads me to my next question. When you do an install like this, how long does it take typically? Uh, you know, it all depends on the structure, Dave, because you have, uh, you throw a hole and you have to set your uh, concrete at the bottom of the foundation. And then it depends on the cure time for the concrete. Yes. If it's a flag, it's going to take a little bit longer. Most, but mm-hmm. you can't, you can build it, you just can't one load it with the digital. So it, it just, it just all, every, mm-hmm. every size mm-hmm. is different. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically three or four days, probably, but for the most part, because you want to take this. You want to get in and get out because usually by the time they order it, they, a lot of times they already have these spaces pre-sold. So. so you might go in the first day. Are you drilling, setting the foundation, second day structure up, and the third day you put the head up on it? it, it, it again, it depends on it depends on the structure, but it's, okay. it's, in, that, it's in that order. Most of the time, I mean, there's some there's some, there's some signs that have a yes. three-week time, cure time for the concrete. The biggest thing, the, the biggest challenge right now is a lot of these hmm. states and cities are imposing special inspections. That just requires a, and we've been doing it in the scoreboard industry years. We have a lot of third-party inspectors come in and inspect the wells and everything at the shop. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times cities now are imposing mm-hmm. on, on billboards. Matt, will we ever see 3D printed billboard structures? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to say no, not, at least not in my lifetime. It's just right. That's a that's a right. of a printer. It's got to print that out. I just I just don't see it. But I mean, hey, you and I both know mm-hmm. that there's some billboards that are worth millions and millions of dollars. And are you really going to are you, you going to trust yep. it to a three D printer? I I doubt it. Yep. I, I, I don't not at least not in my lifetime. I think you'll see virtual. I think you'll see virtual billboards before you see three D printed billboards. Uh, that's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Matt. Dave, thank you for a great service to the industry. Have a great day.
This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by Billboard Insider's Guide to Leases, Easements, and Real Estate. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks.